the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's on air. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. California's new system of delivering and scheduling vaccines has been rolled out in select counties. It's considered to be the first step in Governor Gavin Newsom's plan to smooth out what has been a very rocky situation in California. Former President Trump set to speak at the annual Conservative Political Action Conference in one week. Two sources familiar with the matter told reporters that former President Trump will be speaking about the future of the GOP and the conservative movement. He's also expected to take aim at President Biden's immigration platform, specifically his quote-unquote disastrous amnesty and border policies, according to the sources. A spokesperson for the American Conservative Union, which hosts CPAC, also confirmed Mr. Trump will speak. A spokesperson said he'll appear on February 28th, the last day of the conference, which has been moved from Maryland to Florida due to coronavirus concerns. Bernie Bennett reporting. And this is SRN News. Dan Proft sees a bad pattern emerging. It seems to me they're just trying to get back to full employment and say we're back to full employment, get down down to a number that indicates full employment, 4% or something like this. And then, and, and whether that's a combination of people actually returning to work or people just stop looking for work because they're on the government dole or because they've given up, it doesn't really matter. We just need to get to that number. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot. Weather for today, we got a high of 32 and snow likely moving into a low of 23 for tonight. Tomorrow, partly sunny and a high of 40 with a low of 31. Streaming on demand at am1280thepatriot.com, the Dines Souza podcast. You know him as a New York Times bestselling author and his filmmaking roles behind Hillary's America, Death of a Nation, Trump Card, and more. Here where he's up to today at the free Dines Souza podcast at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280, The Patriot. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. Join the Freedom Fan Club today, and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, Fish Out of Water, a search for the meaning of life by Eric Metaxas, a personal story that few have heard. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad... 
you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Whoa. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows It's Sunday, 4 o'clock. And what does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and this week will be no different than the past uh, several hundred since this show has been on the air talking politics, Israel, and the law. Each Sunday, 4 o'clock, live stream and coast to coast, people are listening. And uh, happily, and a big thank you to you all, uh, our audience is growing. Each week, growing. Last week, we had the Consul General to the United States for the Midwest from the Jewish State of Israel on with us as our special guest. Very interesting show talking about the International Criminal Court and a recent, recent decision which uh, was made possible, it's a horrific decision, uh, to call out uh, the State of Israel for war crimes, which for the most humanitarian of all uh, militaries in the world, arguably, and that has been stated after investigation at the UN, nonetheless... Uh, stated by uh, Colonel Richard Kemp, British uh, soldier who had investigated war crime allegations and came out with a conclusion that 
the state of Israel, actually, far from <clears throat> engaging in war crimes, uh, is identified as having rules of engagement which are the most humanitarian of any military that uh, Kemp ever had investigated. But uh, now the U.N., given cover by Barack Obama and his decision to not veto what the United States has consistently vetoed, a U.N. resolution basically making uh, certain actions uh, by and and certain territory, the Israelis have settlements uh, illegal, actions by the Israelis illegal, uh, giving uh, powder, if you will, to the U.N. and the International Criminal Court to go after uh, Israelis operating to, in a defensive way, to protect uh, to protect against attacks by terrorist groups in uh, what is called occupied territory by the mainstream media, which is not, but uh, frequently called that. And so the investigations we talked about last week uh, by the International Criminal Court, you can go on podcast to get that show, and you should do that with Aviv Ezra, the Consul General of the State of Israel. Just put my name in and uh, it'll pop up and listen to the entire show. This week, we have 3rd District, Minnesota 3rd District Congressman, Democrat Dean Phillips with us on the show. He'll be joining us shortly and uh, it should be a very interesting discussion with the congressman as I'm going to raise some topics, uh, not softballs, and... He has indicated to me before and says it again, as I've known Dean for decades, he's a good friend, and while we don't agree often on politics, although some we do, some some issues we do, uh, he is one that I have a, a good deal of respect for in terms of his openness to debate, discussion in a respectful manner, and we need more of that. Uh, it's just that You know, we disagree on certain things, and we'll talk about some of those today on the show, so make sure to stay tuned for that. What else is going on at the U.N., though? Uh, You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, The United Arab Emirates, who, through the Abraham Accords, and we'll talk to Dean Phillips about this a little bit later on in the show, the UAE which now has a peace deal with Israel, will not be funding the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency is an agency created specifically with respect to Palestinian refugees, people who are called Palestinian refugees. And the refugee definition used for Palestinians is like no other refugee definition ever used. And it causes the numbers of those who fit in that category to swell in the millions, when in fact the number actually is much, much smaller. Uh, Palestinians 
who live in various places around the world uh, continue to call themselves Palestinians, unlike uh, Jews who have emigrated to Israel, uh, do not call themselves Iraqis if because they were kicked out of Iraq. Hundreds of thousands uh, were kicked out of Iraq and various other Arab nations. They do not uh, call themselves Egyptian or various other. 880,000 uh, refugees came and were kicked out from uh, Arab countries around the Middle East over the last many decades uh, to the point now where there are very few, if any, Jews in any of the Arab nations. The communities are starting to build, however, in the Arab countries that Israel has recently uh, signed peace treaties with, and they are starting uh, right away to uh, uh, reestablish communities, Jewish communities, in, for example, the UAE and uh, Bahrain. Now, UNRWA, created for, uh, by the United Nations for, pal- uh, with respect to Palestinian refugees and policy uh, related uh, to it, uh, the UAE now has uh, halted its funding to UNRWA. Uh, The United States, under Donald Trump, halted its funding to UNRWA. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is looking at uh, revisiting that decision and again funding UNRWA. Uh, Also looking at revisiting the decision to start to fund uh, uh, Fatah and uh, the Palestinians, the PLO, in Uh, in Israel and the Palestinian territories. Whether or not they discontinue, halt, stop their slave-for-pay policy that we've talked about on this show a number of times, that is where uh, anyone who martyrs themselves killing, maiming uh, Jews uh, in Israel are paid uh, a stipend by the government of the Palestinians. This is who the United States, Joe Biden, is considering giving aid to. Yeah, it's a problem. Put simply, it's a problem. Uh, And UNRWA is a problem uh, as well. That'll take a whole segment for our discussion. Maybe we'll do that at the end of the show uh, today. The Palestinians are are looking to go to elections. You know that the uh, Israelis go to elections First week of March, coming up, Palestinians are going to elections. First time in uh, more than 15 years. Uh, On May 22nd, they're going to elect a new parliament, they say. And then that parliament on July 31st will vote for a new president. We shall see. Interestingly, last time they went to elections, Mahmoud Abbas was elected and Hamas was elected Uh, actually in the uh, uh, Gaza Strip. But Mahmoud Abbas is, he is now on his 15th, 16th year of a four-year term. (laughs) Indeed. Well, we're going to be right back with Congressman Dean Phillips. Uh, It should be a spirited and interesting discussion. Uh, Third District Democratic uh, Congressman Dean Phillips will be with us, so... Make sure to stay with us. And while we're on this short break, 
Go to ParkerDK.com. You'll learn more about Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm, downtown Minneapolis. We're going to be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that we're offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional, and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. We are back. Yes, indeed. Dierks Bentley this week on the Victory Hour. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, last week we had Blossom Deary. And, you know, only the best from each genre of music. As I've said many times, some of you listen 
for the wisdom <laughs> or lack thereof of yours truly. But most of you, you really like the music. Well, we are joined this week and honored to be joined uh, a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, a Democratic congressman from the 3rd Congressional District, which are the western suburbs of Minneapolis-St. Paul here in the state of Minnesota, uh, Dean Phillips. And uh, Dean, you know, I've, I've said to many people who have talked to me about challenging Dean for uh, the seat he's now uh, won re-election in, and, and I've indicated to him, listen, quite frankly, uh Dean is one of those who we need more of. He, uh, he speaks with respect. Disagree, agree, no matter. Uh, we need more of in the Democratic Party if you're a Republican. And, and I would say that there are some we could identify in the Republican Party if you're a Democrat. And, uh, and he fits the 3rd Congressional District uh, quite well. I want to uh, tell you one other thing. We have a lot of politicians on this show, and most all of them want to have an idea of what the topics are that we're going to discuss, at least generally, some even more specifically, uh, prior to uh, coming on or even agreeing to come on. Uh, not Dean. <laughs> he, uh, he says, bring it. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm ready to talk about. And whether we agree or disagree, I'll give you the straight scoop, which is another reason I always enjoy having Congressman Phillips on the show. Dean, welcome to the Victory Hour. Great to be with you, Andrew, and to everybody listening. Uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, now, now you made me afraid of what you might ask. <laughs> well, you know, you tell me, you know, I don't want softballs. I'm not going to give them to you. Let me start out by uh, asking you, you know, polarization, which the country has been uh, in gridlock with polarization for many, many years now, and, and it has reached a fever pitch to the point where, you know, arguably, I don't know that it's a direct cause of the polarization, but, but indirectly at least, people have died. Uh, and, and what I'm talking about here, and I'd like your judgment or opinion on what, you know, are there differences really between uh, a death of an officer Sicknick at the U.S. Capitol in early January versus uh, a you know forty-year off-duty police captain, uh, African American David Dorn, who died uh, this summer as a part of riots and the arson and attacks that went on this summer. How do you do? You view there as being differences and. And what sorts of uh, things can we do to uh, get out of this uh, uh, anger? Mm-hmm. Well, Andrew, I have to say that you know your your question was about division, and, and in my estimation, uh, the division in the United States of America is very much manufactured. It is not a result. God, I couldn't agree more. Ma- Nobody says that either. And I, and I say that, Andrew, because, I, you know, we, we have two political parties that it's a political industrial complex is the best way to classify it, uh, focused entirely on winning majorities, 
not on winning ideas, uh, debating, deliberating, compromising, collaborating, based on just winning. And by definition, uh, when you have this binary option uh, uh, in our American politics and our system, uh, it creates division by definition. And, and any scholar of American history, I think, would agree with the fact that we've, had, we've succeeded because we've had a relatively strong center-right party through most of American history, at least during our lifetimes, and a relatively strong center-left party. And it is there in the debate and deliberation that makes the country successful. Uh, and we've always respected the basic norms of process and regular order, uh, which we've got to return to in Congress. But this notion that Americans are divided uh, is sadly, I think, a manufacturing element of of media, uh, of intention between political parties. And I think, frankly, it's not something that we can legislate our way out of. We have to take steps, uh, all of us as individuals, to start remembering uh, that there's so much more that unifies us. And we should be debating our political differences. And frankly, Andrew, that's why I'm thrilled to be on your show and I'm grateful for the invitation because it's conversations like this that can start that repair. No, that's right. And you mentioned uh, the media somewhat, uh, you know, as a, well as a part of your uh, remarks. And I, and I think the fuel to the fire and sometimes even creating the fire uh, really lays at the feet of, uh, of the media and, and big corporate media, including social media. And I hope that Congress takes a look at that and really starts to uh, deal with it because media, particularly social media, has become a public good uh, it, it, in some respects as important as electricity as we're now having these issues in Texas, certainly, and we see how important uh, having electricity is. But electricity has been treated as a public good. It's been regulated, and I think... Uh, Social media may need a, a hand in uh, handling what they are. And coming from somebody who is, as you know, free market, open market, uh, economic thinker, uh, that is a bit of a, a stretch for me. I hear you, Andrew. And I, and I believe you know, we have to be cautious about regulation, especially uh, in a country that so values its liberties and freedoms, free, freedom of speech. Um, and freedom to express oneself. Uh, that said, you know, if, if anybody remembers the 1970 book, I think it was by Alvin Toffler, Future Shock, mm -hmm. you know, he predicted uh, our incapacity uh, to keep up with technological changes. And I think social media and our tech, you know, the, the growth in technology and the platforms, how it changes our lives, is actually happening at a f faster pace than we have the capability uh, to compensate for. And I think we're discovering that. Congress is always the slowest to react. Uh, and now we find ourselves in a uh, predicament uh, relative to protecting our fundamental and terribly important rights to speech, uh, encouraging it, promoting it, but recognizing that misinformation, disinformation uh, on either side of the political spectrum uh, uh, can cause extraordinary damage to the very foundation's uh, of our republic. And if we don't recognize that and start addressing it, to your point, Andrew, uh, we will be in trouble. It's not too late, but we have got to start uh, acknowledging reality. Yeah, and I hope you do that and uh, can lead or help with that in Congress. Let me shift gears just a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about the, I don't really want to talk much about the impeachment issue, uh, because I don't know that there's much value in that. But 
But I do want to talk about, uh, for a minute, the um, the protests, the rallies that occurred in early January in in Washington, D.C. And I want to ask you, do you think it is reasonable uh, for an individual to want an independent investigation into the integrity of uh, the last election and, in general, our uh, handling of elections, uh, you know, going forward. And in that vein, do you think people that showed up in D.C. for the rally are all a bunch of insurrectionists? Not at all. Let me let me start with that question, Andrew. And I, I recognize the overwhelming majority of people who showed up in Washington uh, that day on January 6th we're not insurrectionists, we're not rioters, and we're not mobsters. Uh, and that, that's fact. Um, Some of them the way, from I the 3rd Congressional District here in Minnesota. <laughs> I, and I respect, look, back to the fundamental American rights uh, and freedoms, uh, is that to protest your government. And in fact, it, it would be an unhealthy democratic republic uh, if we didn't have that. Uh, but as we all know, uh, you know, there were some that I, came, I, I believe came with intention, perhaps some that day that were inspired uh, to, um, to storm the Capitol. Uh, we should differentiate the two. And to your question about uh, a commission or an investigation into our elections, you know, Andrew, I, uh, in broad strokes, of course, I support investigations. We should always hold our elections officials to the highest standards possible. Uh, I'm glad that our uh, our founders uh, entrusted states to manage our elections. It's for good reason, so that we did not have centralized control uh, with under which uh, a single person could literally undermine an entire election. I think we need to maintain that. I, what, I, what I'm troubled, though, by Andrew, is that allegations based on fact uh, should always be investigated. Uh, we could have a long discussion, perhaps a debate, about whether the allegations in this most recent election uh, were based on fact. Uh, you know, 59, I think, out of 60 uh, uh, you know, jurisdictions indicated that uh, it was not. Uh, but with that said, I, your, your question gets the most important point, which is how do we restore Americans' faith in government and in our elections? Because if we have neither uh, or even a lack of one, uh, we have trouble ahead. And I am I'm, I have open ears and open mind and open heart relative to how we should listen to people's concerns, uh, do thoughtful investigations, and come out with the facts. And wherever those facts lead us uh, should dictate how we respond. I just, I'm, but I'm troubled by the fact that I believe in this recent election, the allegations were essentially, um, for the most part, uh, made up, uh, baseless, uh, and not ones that affected the outcome of the election. But we have tens of millions of people I know that feel differently, and, and they should be heard, uh, and we have to address it, or else uh, it's a dereliction of our duty. You know, very good point. I, I, uh, you can't deny that the facts were not in hand when statements about the election were being made. That doesn't mean that if there were a full-blown investigation that facts may not be found. And I, you know, I think there may have been some smoke. Certainly uh, the fire was not uh, located. And in a short few weeks or months, it's not surprising that it wasn't. It takes a year or more to really do a full investigation. You remember with Bush Gore, they didn't finally get done counting and and completing the investigative report on the final tally 
for a year after the election. Uh, you know, Bush had already been identified by the U.S. Supreme Court as, as the winner, or at least by their ruling resulted in that, him as the winner. But that, the investigations continued, and it was determined that Bush actually did win in Florida. Uh, and, and I think that we should be, you know, looking into this election to see if there really was anything. And it might be a year or two now before we learn any of that, but we could learn from that uh, process. We're talking to Congressman Dean Phillips, and we're going to be right back after this very short break. And we're going to talk about the handling of COVID-19 and the response by states and the federal government. And we're going to talk a little about schools and maybe a little about the Green New Deal and where Congressman Phillips uh, sits with respect to uh, the Green New Deal. In the meantime, go to ParkerDK.com where you'll learn about, as I say, the premier litigation law firm downtown Minneapolis. Listen to a little Dirks Bentley, and we'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to ParkerDK.com. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities a full head of hair they can do the same for you their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business if you have hair loss don't put this off another day contact i need at their office in egan for your free consultation experience you can trust prices you can afford today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at i need Mark Twain once quipped, A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. 
We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard Lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. I'm sitting at home, no Bet you think that I'm all alone, no Bet you think I'm missing you and wishing you would call my Well, I'll tell you, we're back with the victory hour And we are not sitting at home, nor are we alone We're with Dierks Bentley, but we're also with 3rd District Congressman from the state of Minnesota Democratic Congressman Dean Phillips And he is one who... uh, is seen in Congress, and there are there few and far between nowadays, but hopefully growing, uh, as, as hopefully a bridge builder. Uh, one who can talk to his Republican colleagues and start to move this country forward. Uh, as he puts it and did in the last segment, this country has done uh, best when we have a strong center-right and a strong center-left party that are debating the issues, and the problem has become that we uh, are getting fringe elements that are starting to, their voices starting to rise to the height of creating policy. Uh, I want to turn to the handling of the pandemic uh, and ask uh, the congressman, uh, Dean, we You know, I've looked at the numbers. We've spent a number of shows uh, talking about COVID-19. We've had experts, professionals, uh, doctors, uh, health, uh, public health professionals, economists uh, on the show talking about the impacts. Uh, And today the big discussion is this, and I'd like to get your thoughts. The idea that lockdowns uh, worked or may still work, or we should be continuing them, has been challenged as you look at the numbers coming out of Florida that reopened pretty much entirely, including schools back in August of last year, versus California. The numbers are virtually identical. One state locked down, both big states, one state locked down, the other didn't. And by the way, Florida has a very older aging population. Uh, one of the largest in the uh, the country. And even you could compare it per capita, which you should always do, even here in Minnesota, which has had kind of a hybrid lockdown approach uh, by Governor Walls. What are your thoughts regarding, uh, now somewhat in retrospect, whether lockdowns really work at all? Well, Andrew, I, and, and I'll go back even further, and that is that I want to make it clear for everybody listening that uh, I don't believe that President Trump wanted to see any American die. And I don't think that Governor Walls wants to see any Minnesotan die. And I don't think anybody in our federal, state or local governments wanted to do anything but protect lives uh, and save livelihoods to the best of their abilities. Now, as we 
move through COVID. And I know there finally is light at the end of the tunnel, uh, as we spoke about earlier, relative to investigations. We would be foolish not to do a comprehensive uh, retrospective investigation of how we handled COVID-19. We will surely learn lessons. Uh, I think the federal government could have, should have, and next time will be better prepared to address a pandemic. I think in this circumstance, Andrew, it put an extraordinarily uh, significant burden on state leaders, on governors, Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, but didn't the governors want that? I mean, he, uh, the president initially, as you recall, said, all right, I'm in charge. I'm dictating what's going to happen. And there was a huge outcry from the states saying, oh, no, 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 no. Every state is different. The governors will be in charge of this. Well, Andrew, and Andrew, I think I think a an objective and retrospective investigation will show that the federal government, again, should have been better prepared, should have communicated better with states, led generally uh, on policy and worked closely with states. Now, I, again, I'm not I'm, I, I did not come on the show to throw stones. That's the easiest thing to do in politics is throw stones. And um, there's nothing uh, that I, I don't want to do that today. What I want to say, though, is that. We have to look backwards. We have to do it together. We're the only country in the entire world, Andrew, that, that made this a political issue, that politicized COVID-19. Mask wearing, shutdowns, we're the only nation in the, in the entire world. We should, be in, we should be talking about that more. I don't envy the governors. I don't envy Mike DeWine, the governor, uh, Republican governor of Ohio, any more than our governor, Tim Walz, for having to make decisions based on very little information uh, at a time where their foremost and overriding priority was to save lives. And at the end of the day, uh, there will be clearly mistakes that we will uncover that we can course correct next time and fix at both the federal level and the state level. Uh, and we should follow the science. You know, uh, to your point, every state is different. And I do believe uh, we should be looking at national policy, perhaps a little bit more regional, whether it is minimum wage, whether it was COVID policy, whether uh, it is a whole host uh, of issues that the country faces. Florida clearly has different uh, demographics and dynamics than Minnesota does, uh, much more outdoors, Minnesota much more indoors, especially during the winter months. But we should let science dictate uh, the facts, and then we should let the facts dictate how we handle it next time. What sickens me, what saddens me, and frankly disgusts me, is that we wasted so much time, energy, uh, attacking one another, attacking our leaders, attacking each other, attacking the policymakers, you know, we should get back to what I consider uh, the America that I love, which is disagreeing sometimes without being disagreeable. Uh, and most importantly, putting lives first, letting science dictate our actions uh, and ensuring that we support people whose livelihoods were affected by those policies themselves. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do in Congress. I don't want to be too retrospective. I want to be prospective and try to do this better next time. Well, we, you know, and, and we don't need to get into the further uh, debate on it. I, w I would just say that uh, the science is, is clear as it relates to the lockdowns in California and the numbers that uh, exist out there. Gavin Newsom should be opening up California. It's ridiculous what he's doing out there, and he shouldn't be doing it. And, and states should be learning from what we see. As you point out, I agree with you. And what we see uh, that Ron DeSantis did down in Florida with a very old and aging population, a large population per capita, uh, you know, he did a he did a decent a decent job, and and it it may well be the model. You're right. Once we investigate, we'll know what 
you know, the best practices were from each of the states, put them all together and learn from them. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot from what he did in Florida. You also talk about following the science and, and uh, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about that. And, uh, and there's been a lot of debate and discussion about what the science is. Certainly, we knew very little about what it was. We've learned a lot more, and we know quite a bit now. And the CDC is saying that the science says open the schools. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and still true. wondering why the schools are, are not open. Well, Andrew, I, th- I think we're seeing, as we've, we're seeing now in Minnesota, steps are now being taken to open schools. Uh, you know, the, the science is indicating that transmission rates are very low. Uh, now that we have vaccinations um, uh, in our communities and, and hopefully most teachers vaccinated soon, uh, there's no question. And by the way, I empathize with parents who have kids in schools. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is punishing to the kids to be away from their friends, away from uh, their learning environments, away from their teachers. I, I've spoken to seven, eight, nine-year-old kids who say just they miss lunchtime and recess. Of course, who wouldn't? But <laughs> I also can appreciate parents who are struggling uh, to meet the demands of their jobs uh, and taking care of their kids, especially when they're remote learning. Uh, so, yes, indeed, the faster and, and as long as it can be done safely, the faster we can get kids back in school, the better for everybody, uh, for our country. Anybody who studied the 1918 pandemic uh, will know that the research indicated that the longer kids were out of school, the more it affected their even their long-term That's uh, right. success rates. So I concur. Uh, again, you know, Andrew, uh, you look at the data, uh, our death rates per capita were higher here in just about any developed nation in the world. And I'm not going to cast blame, but we should at least as America, and I do believe in American exceptionalism, we should be the best. We should not be average. We should not be mid-pack. We should be the best prepared, best resourced, and best planned uh, for any eventuality. And we are seeing what's happening in Texas as a failure of leadership. Uh, we've seen what happened in our country, uh, the failure of leadership regardless of politics, uh, is something that we've got to address because that is uh, the America that I grew up in, that you grew up in, that your listeners still believe in, uh, and we have to pursue. Let me, let me ask and give you the chance to respond to what is uh, often a, uh, well, it's an often heard trope that the Democratic Party uh, is not opening the schools because they're kowtowing to the teachers' unions and they are uh, allowing the teachers' unions uh, to drive policy when science says otherwise. What do you say to that? Well, Andrew, I, I, I don't believe that to be fair. Uh, I understand why that is a, that's an easy, uh, easy attack, uh, easy to assume. Uh, it's, by the way, it's one reason, Andrew, and you know this about me, that's one reason I don't take money from any PAC. I don't take money from corporate PACs. I don't take money from labor PACs or education PACs, political action committees, because I want my decision-making to be independent of any political support. And clearly, uh, uh, when unions have traditionally uh, supported Democratic candidates, I understand why some might say that the policy is being dictated uh, by the teachers in this case. I don't believe that to be the case. I'm not speaking for every governor in the country. Uh, I know our governor quite well. Uh, I, I know he's been subject to uh, a lot of attacks about how he's handled COVID, but I also want to point out some of the truths, too, which is that lives have been saved. Uh, our, our death rates uh, and transmission rates uh, are better than many, many states. And at the end of the day, we can litigate what we could have done better, what any of us could have. Uh, but I don't believe that that is a fair 
uh, attack that the policy has been dictated uh, by a union in this case. I want to turn quickly. Uh, I was going to talk about the Green New Deal uh, with you, but I'm I'm assuming that uh, you you may support some type of a Green New Deal, but not the uh, Casio Cortez uh, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Warren Green New Deal. Is that is that fair? Yeah, that's fair, Andrew. And in fact, I would argue uh, and I most expect that a lot of even listeners right now would support elements of it. Uh, I'm not a signatory to the Green New Deal, uh, but do I believe that we should be taking steps, providing incentives, investment, uh, and thoughtful policy to encourage uh, green energy and the reduction of fossil fuel burning? Absolutely. It's in the country's best interest. It's in our children's and grandchildren's best interest. Uh, and it's the future, not to mention a big economic boon and job-creating future. So, yes, there are elements, but uh, I'm not a signatory because uh, all it is right now is a pipe dream, and I like to focus on legislative uh, issues, specific policies uh, that we can generate support for and move through Congress and implement uh, that will benefit the country. One other, uh, I, I just want to quickly try to fit in something on foreign policy with you, Dean. And, and uh, you know, Donald Trump, for all disagreement or anger toward him by various corners, um, what he has done in the Middle East vis-a-vis peace deals with Israel uh, was really quite remarkable. And it's not just yes. a peace deal, but, you know, these Abraham Accords really have created cultural exchange, have started. I, I just read that they're starting to open up Jewish communities now in the United mm-hmm. Arab Emirates and in Bahrain. Yes. And it's just amazing to feel that, uh, you know, breeze of peace that is flowing across the Middle East and I hope continues. Do you think Joe Biden is going to be able to continue the Abraham Accords and maybe to bring uh, some element of uh, pressure on the Palestinians to come to the table and talk peace themselves? Well, I sure hope. I hope so, Andrew. And and if you had told me just five years ago that by the end of the Trump administration, there would be peace uh, with a number uh, of Israel's neighbors, uh, or at least Gulf states, I would have said you have got to be kidding me. Right. Uh, and I do. I celebrate, as you just did, uh, that achievement. I think it's historic. I think it's remarkable uh, and very unanticipated. Uh, I traveled to the Gulf uh, just last year with uh, some Republican colleagues. Uh, to visit our troops there. Uh, I was met so warmly. Uh, Our partnerships in the Gulf uh, were outstandingly strong. And as you would also agree, Andrew, uh, a lot of the Abraham Accords, a lot of our alignment now with allies in the Gulf uh, are unified because of Iran. And I'd be remiss if I didn't turn turn some attention to, you know, the elephant in the room, uh, which is the Iranian regime, Uh, one of the biggest troublemakers in the world still. Uh, an issue that no administration uh, has found uh, an appropriate way to uh, contain uh, without causing great human loss. Uh, And uh, that is going to be a great challenge uh, for the Biden administration, uh, for the state of Israel, uh, and our friends and allies uh, throughout the Middle East. Uh, uh, It's not going to be easy, but to your question, uh, do I hope that the Biden administration will continue to invest in the peace accords uh, and hopefully uh, encourage Uh, if not demand a return to the peace negotiating table? Absolutely, Uh, because nothing, uh, in my estimation, is more important during our respective lifetimes uh, than to bring uh, Israelis and Palestinians to the table and develop a lasting peace uh, that affords opportunity and security 
uh, to all people. Uh, that's, that's a worthy objective. I think it is achievable, but it's going to take unification of our allies, as you well know, to achieve that. And I do think that Secretary of State Blinken uh, and the Biden administration will continue those investments. I will encourage them uh, and do my best to support it. Well, that uh, on, on that note, and I, uh, I got to say thank you for that, Dean. Uh, anything that you can do in that regard, pressing uh, the Biden administration, Republicans can do it all day long. Uh, but to hear from the Democratic caucus, and there are many members within the caucus that echo the comments that you just made, uh, will be most uh, important. Thank you very much to Congressman, 3rd Congressional District in the state of Minnesota, Dean Phillips, for joining us today on the Victory Hour. Dean, I hope to see you soon. And again, thanks for being with us. Andrew, thank you, and and good health to everybody. And just uh, my last message is keep the faith. Uh, Take a step uh, in the direction of reconciliation. Break bread with somebody who sees things a little differently than you. Uh, All of our lives will be enhanced by it, and um, look forward to the day where we come back together as a country. So thanks, everybody. Thank you very much, Dean. And uh, that's Dean Phillips echoing the words of the Victory Hour. Take a step back, see how you can agree rather than uh, disagree, and then debate the issues you disagree on. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Go to ParkerDK.com. A little more Dirk Spentley. Why not? I know I don't say it enough, but some days you're just breathing, just trying to break even. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, hoping you can join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel, October 2021. Join us. Get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating countries on Earth. But you'll share experiences that'll change how you read Scripture. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the Western Wall. Sail on the Sea of Galilee pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on and on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. Now listen, if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me October 2021 and right now register worry-free. Peace of mind guaranteed refunds up to May 8th if for any reason you want to cancel. So to come along, call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519, or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com. 
Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company, and now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note, and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. We are back. That was Congressman Dean Phillips joining us today on the Victory Hour. Really uh, always a pleasure to talk to Dean. You know, he's an articulate thoughtful congressman he doesn't he isn't off on one extreme or the other uh and you know a lot of my republican friends uh don't like it when i speak kindly about dean because you know in the end he he will vote with the democrats generally uh most often if not always uh on the important votes uh, but his discourse, the debate, and the measure of coming up with legislation that might include some compromise requires us to have more legislators like Dean Phillips. That doesn't mean we shouldn't elect a Republican to the 3rd Congressional District, but it does mean that if you're looking at Democratic uh, members of the House of Representatives, he, he is certainly in that top quartile, if not higher. Uh, having said that, I obviously didn't agree with a number of things that he had to say and, you know, being an apologist for a number of things that we have to deal with. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks on the Victory Hour, and uh, you should jot this down with your number two pencil on your yellow pad, which I've got here, uh, Howard Root will be joining us, book author, and uh, Rock on Tour, he's been on the show a few different times uh, for the five-year anniversary of his acquittal and complete exoneration after a full jury trial and his expenditure of $25 million when the federal government came after him for bogus criminal charges, almost ruined his life, uh, but he, uh, he survived and now is thriving. Uh, while some of those who attempted uh, to take him down are not. Uh, and I'm talking about federal prosecutors. Well, that's it for this week. Join us next week for another wonderful Victory Hour. Till then, have a great week. Justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were gonna write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. A champion is someone who goes the extra mile to get the job done. Champion Plumbing wants to empower you to be the champion in your home when it comes to plumbing. Go to their YouTube channel for step-by-step videos explaining how to fix common household plumbing issues. Do you have low water pressure? Have you drained your water heater this year? Champion Plumbing has videos to guide you through it. And if you get stuck, they're only a call away. Subscribe to their YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash champion plumbing. AM 1280, The Patriot and iHeartRadio. They go together like stars and stripes. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. AM 